All right, so good morning and welcome. I, I love the announcements. We've got the marriage retreat. But if that doesn't work out, we've got the, the being single, you know. Uh, you know, we got that too. So, you know, but only for the women. Yeah. So. <laughs> There's no joy. Yeah, you're just out of luck for a while, probably. So. So, hey, so. We're week two of our classes vision update. Now the vision update for 2023 isn't just like a one-time deal. It's kind of like a mini series, okay? Slash workshop. So when, when Christine and I leave for Nairobi, okay? That's not actually like gonna be time to, to just chill. That's actually gonna be time to work through some of the stuff that we're teaching as a class and Scott and Wagi are gonna are gonna help us with that. So so last week was week one of our vision update. And I just sometimes the, the preacher just throws a bunch of stuff out and sees what sticks. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that, but sometimes you just like it's a shotgun approach. Okay. And so our class verse is Genesis 49, 22. It's written on your handout. It says, Joseph is a fruitful bow, even a fruitful bow by a well whose branches run over the wall. So there's the, you know, the big branch on the tree and it's the actually bow. I think you could say bow or bow. I think we said we're going to go bow. The, the bow on the tree and it's got its branches. And we looked at, at, the living well class as being a branch of the MBT tree. Okay. And we, what we saw last week is we have this picture. Okay. First of all, where there is no vision, the people perish. So as a class, we've been given a mission, right? It's the same mission that God's given all other local churches. That is to make disciples. So when we were saved, there was already a mission for us. There was already a plan for our lives. When we got saved, we got drafted into God's family, and we got charged with this ministry of reconciliation, with this mission to make disciples. But for us as a group, how do we envision that? We've, we want to have a vision so we as a people group, the, the class, we don't perish because like we, we're not envisioned. So we want to do a vision update. And what we have in Genesis chapter 49, verse 22, is this picture from nature. Okay, so God made wells and trees and branches and fruit. So God, this is from God's creation. We get a picture of God's plan. And last week, what we, we saw was you can see the tree by the river or by the well in a garden all the way from Genesis chapter 2 all the way to Revelation chapter 22. And you see it all the way in there. You see it in the books of wisdom. You see it here in John over and over again. You, so that's the vision that we're grabbing onto. Okay. Now this week, okay, we're going to get more specific. I do apologize in advance. We're going to be mixing our metaphors. Because, okay, here's why. Because what are we talking about? Are we talking about you as an individual or us as a class? Well, it's both. We are the body of Christ and members in particular. Are we talking about 
the physical structure and the different organ, the org chart for this, or are we talking about how God can work in and through us? It's the same thing. We're talking about spiritual. We're talking about practical. We're talking about individual. We're talking about corporate. So we got to mix our metaphors so that we cover as much as possible. But what we're going to be focusing on this morning is more of a spiritual understanding of what we get here, because we, we want to talk about the well and the wall. So in our class verse, Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fr fruitful bough by a well. We want to talk about that well this morning, whose branches run over the wall. We want to talk about the wall. But in order to do so, I'm not actually going to focus on Genesis chapter 49, verse 22. We're actually going to focus on John chapter 15. Okay, so, so grab your Bibles. Open to the gospel of John. In John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39, we can see that the well, we're kind of talking, we're talking about the Holy Spirit there. John chapter 7, verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. What's he talking about? Okay, the next verse tells us. Verse 39. But this spake he of the Spirit, capital S, Spirit. So that's talking about the Holy Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, but that Jesus was not yet glorified. Okay, so the well in our garden, it pictures our fellowship with God through the Holy Spirit, okay? In John chapter 17, okay, so flip forward, fast forward 10 chapters, John chapter 17, verses 11 through 18. Okay, we can see that we are to be separate from the world. And this is where that wall comes in, in our picture. What does a wall do? Well, it separates me from my neighbors. Praise the Lord. My vineyard becomes a garden when I put a wall around it and I'm separated unto God and I'm separated from the world, which is what we all need, need to do, right? Okay, but look at John chapter 17, verses 11 through 17. And now Jesus is praying out loud so we can all hear this. And now I am no more in the world, but these, speaking of his, of his disciples, are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now I come to thee, Jesus says to the Father, and these things I speak in the world that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I've given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Okay, and he goes on, he talks about that. Sanctify them, separate them from the world, through the word, the word is truth, because no longer... Do the followers of Jesus Christ fit in this world? And isn't that your testimony? Man, I just can't feel at home in this world anymore. 
Christina and I, it's like, hey, let's sit down and we'll watch something on Netflix. It's like, nope. Let's try another one. <laughs> nope. I like there's a million things to watch and, and we can't watch any of them. It's just it's we don't fit in this world anymore. Okay, so you guys know that, but that's what's pictured by the well on the wall. Now, here's where we're mixing our metaphors because we're actually going to go to John 15. Turn with me to John chapter 15, verses 1 through 12, and we're going to see some things about separating unto God, the Spirit of God, fellowship, and we're going to do it by looking at abiding in the vine. So we're still kind of looking at the tree, the branches in the tree, but like again, we're mixing our metaphors, but that's this is where the Lord directed me. So, so John chapter 15, verses 1 through 12, get eyeballs on that if you would while I read it. The context here, Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. He's not going to be there physically anymore, but he's going to send the Spirit. He says, I'm going away, but don't worry, I'm coming back. But it's really the Holy Spirit that's coming back, okay, which is part of that trinity, right? That's how we understand that. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except you abide in me. I'm the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch. He's withered and men gather them up and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. What we're going to do is just work through some of the things in this passage as it applies to us personally, spiritually, and then we're going to break up into our, in our groups. Okay, so if God lays something on your heart, if there's a question, if there's a verse, sometimes it's like God stops you at verse six and you can't go on to verse seven. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, circle that, write that down, and you can talk about that. That's what you need to talk about in your small groups, okay? But for now, let's work through some of the things that we see in this passage. I want look at verse 3 again. Jesus says to his followers, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Hang on. Verse 10. 
If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Okay. Verse 7. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you. Okay, listen. You were made clean by the words that I have spoken unto you, Jesus says. Now, continue in my words. Let my words, that thing which made you clean, continue in that. Let those words be in you, okay? Because here's our first point. Not everyone who is saved lives saved. See, some of us, I'm speaking of Christians in general, some of us were made clean by the words that Jesus spoke. Like somebody opened up the word of God and just showed us what Jesus said. And we're like, yes, that gift of eternal life, the gift of God, which is through Jesus Christ, eternal life. Yes, I want to receive that gift of eternal life. And they were born again and spiritually the righteousness of Christ was imputed unto them. That's me. That's you, right? And we were made clean by the words that Jesus spoke unto us. But listen, not everybody who did verse three does verse four. Abide in me. Listen, let my words abide in you. Keep my commandments, which is basically just loving one another. Okay, not everybody who has a well drinks from the well. It's kind of like that person who shows up and they're like, Ooh, man, you have a shower, but you haven't been using your shower. Okay, man, not everybody that has a well drinks from it. Not everybody that has the well cleanses themselves. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But sometimes we forget that. We have the, the laver, the wash basin. All we got to do is go and wash ourselves and be cleansed, but sometimes we don't do that. Okay. This is super important to understand what it means to abide because what we read in verses, really it's verse one and two is the example. Jesus says, I'm the vine. Okay, your branch is on the vine. My, my father, speaking of God the Father, prunes the branches. He prunes the, so if Jesus is the tree and we're branches on the tree, God will prune the fruitful branches. Now the branches that are unfruitful, it just, that's called firewood. You just cut that off and you burn it. You don't let those unfruitful things stay there. Okay, so what we see is that it is abiding. This is number two on your handout. It is abiding, not being saved, okay, that makes us fruitful. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. The branch that's separated from the vine isn't going to bear any fruit, right? 
the Christian who is separated from Christ is not going to bring forth any fruit. Does that, is that talking about losing your salvation? No, you're made clean through the word that was spoken unto them. We're not talking about salvation. We're not talking about imputed righteousness. We're talking about abiding. Abiding is what makes a Christian fruitful. Now, this is so amazing. This example, obviously, if I see a branch on my cherry tree at home and that branch has been broken off and it's just hanging there, obviously, I know that that is not going to bear fruit. Maybe it's just like it's not even attached. It's just stuck in the tree. I know for a fact that branch can do nothing. It can bring forth no fruit. This is the example that Christ is giving us. If you're not abiding, that's you. We can do nothing. And what we tend to think of is it sure would be better. I could do better if I would abide in Christ, whatever that means. Okay, I know I could probably do better. It's not do better, you guys. It's do nothing. Except we abide, we can do nothing. We're powerless. And what, what we're designed for is to bring forth fruit. So many Christians, and I just, my heart breaks for Christians who don't understand that the, the new design, the new man, the new creature, is actually put together in such a way that joy comes through fellowship and through reproducing. Think about that. You know, that 20-year-old kid, he's like, all he can think about is reproducing. Okay? He's at that age, he's like, I got to get married. It's better to marry than to burn, right? Because what's happening is he, as he's growing, he's learning, like, I, there's a drive to reproduce. And for us as believers, if we're not bearing fruit, we're going to have a very dissatisfied Christianity. Okay. So we are designed to fruit. I mean, to bear fruit, but without him, we can do nothing. This abiding thing is so important. We've got to figure that out. Abiding results in answered prayer. We see that in verse seven. You see that? If I, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Answered prayers don't come from being saved. They come from abiding. We abide in Christ. His words abide in us. It also resu results in fellowship. This whole passage, starting in verses 1 and 2, and then in verse 8, it's like, hey, listen, you get to be a part of this thing that God is doing. You get to be branches on the vine. God will answer your prayers. By the way, here's what you need to be praying for, is to be fruitful. Like God will answer those prayers. It results in fellowship, and then it also makes us joyful. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Is there anybody who would just, you've been saved long enough, and you're just like humble, like it's a warm, like everybody's friendly here, that would just say, I can testify that being saved after a while doesn't necessarily result in joy. 
Yeah. Okay, but fellowship with God, abiding in Christ, brings joy. Okay, but God does allow us to, to learn that experientially. Joy does, true joy does require salvation. I'm not saying it doesn't require salvation. I'm just saying that salvation in and of itself isn't where our joy comes from. It comes from abiding in Christ. Okay, so we, we need to get this abiding thing figured out. If we want to be fruitful, if we want answered prayers, if we want to be in fellowship with each other and with God, if we want to have joy, we need to figure out what it means to abide. And so, so this is where we're going to go next. Okay. Abiding is to live like we're saved. So other ways that word abide is translated is to continue. So your abode is where you live. That's where you stay. That's where you are. So to abide is to continue. It's to not quit. It's kind of like Sam was, was preaching this morning. That message dovetails very nicely with our message this morning because what we tend to do is fall back into old patterns and times of trial and difficulty. So Israel's in the wilderness and all of a sudden they're thirsty. All of a sudden they're hungry. All of a sudden they're tired. All of a sudden their faith is challenged by their circumstances. Like, I want to go back to Egypt and eat cucumbers and onions. Let us make a captain for ourselves and we'll go back, right? That's, that's a pattern. Those things are for our examples that when we, like, that's when we tend to go back to who we were in the flesh, who I was before I was saved, all those patterns, whatever that was caused by, like, whatever. That's the temptation to go back and live like the world during times of dryness. Okay, but what we're told is to abide. So what we need to do is just like we were made clean through the words that Jesus spoke unto us, we need to stay that way. Abide in me. You're clean through the words I've spoken unto you. Now abide in me. So we need to stay separated from the world and stay separated unto God. So we've already seen that we are to be separate from the world. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14 through 18. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them. And walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Listen, you're already saved. You're already the temple of the Holy Ghost. Now listen, Come out from the world and put up the walls of your garden and be separate from the world, be separated unto God. If we are the temple of the Holy Ghost, which we are, then we need to be separate from the world. Now we're in the world, we're just not of the world. 
Like we got to go there. That's our mission field. I'm not saying we should build a monastery and all move out in the country and have a little cult or something. That's not the mission that God's given us. But personally, we need to be separate from the world if we are truly spiritually separate from the world. However, however, that's not the main teaching of this passage. Okay. We need to, abiding is to live like we're saved. All right. We need to stay in the place of grace through faith in the word of God. So let me ask you a question. How, according to Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, some, one of my LFBI students here, okay. According to Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, how were you saved? By grace, through faith, not of ourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Okay, perfect. So I translated for you. So that, there you go. Um, you guys, we were, everyone in here who is saved, you were saved by grace through faith, not of works. So as a Boy Scout, we had our sash. And on the sash, you put your merit badges. Okay. Now, I was not accepted into the Boy Scouts based on my merit. Okay. My dad was one of the troop leaders. Okay. I just, I wanted to go to Scouts. I went to Scouts. They accepted me. I was part of the troop, 164 in Lyons, Kansas. Okay. But then it was like, hey, here's your sash, and it doesn't have anything on it. Like, oh, man, I got to get some merit badges. So you have these assignments that you go and you fulfill all the different things and get the checklist all marked off. Then you can get your, your merit badges, okay? Then the really good scouts, they're like, man, they got all these badges and fringes and hat and tassels. Like, like you can really... Scout it up, right, Freed? Yes, okay. All right. So once I became a scout, I started focusing on the merit badges. Now, here's the thing for us as Christians. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. It's not of works. Everyone understands that in terms of your salvation, right? That's how you got into the family because Jesus did the work. You just put your faith in what he said and the words of, through the words of Christ, you were cleansed. Me too. Praise the Lord. All right. Look at Colossians. Turn to the book of Colossians with me. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. All right. You guys there? As ye have therefore received Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk ye in him. 
the same way you got saved is the way you're supposed to walk. Here's the problem with us, you guys. We have a natural tendency. We want to come into the family of Christ just by grace. But then we want to like start getting our merit badges. Cost of discipleship. New members class. D1, D2, which is now Foundations 1 and 2 and 3. LFBI, Bible study leader, small group leader. Like we want to start all of a sudden. I, I know I was saved by grace through faith, but now I want to like put my sash on and start focusing on my performance. Now for half of you, like it's the opposite. Like, you don't think your sash is really good. You think your sash is really bad. You're like, I, I don't deserve any merit badges. You guys, it's all, that's all a big trap. Here's what it means to abide in Christ. The same way you got saved, you now need to walk as you grow spiritually and get more and more involved in the mission that he's given me. So how did I get saved? By grace through faith. What is grace? Grace is the God's favor that you earned through your good works, right? Wait, what? Unmerited what? It's a gift. How do you get the gift? It's a gift that's offered to you that you can receive and you just unwrap it. Okay. You didn't earn it. So you didn't get saved because you earned salvation. You got saved because you believe what God said. You just put your trust in what he said, right? And then you received grace, which is unmerited. You didn't earn it. You just believed it and received it, right? Okay. Don't ever leave that place. Abide in the place where grace through faith is how we operate. That's what it means to abide in him. So you live like you're saved. And I don't, I'm not saying live as if you're saved. Man, you're a child of God. Why don't you act like it? Try harder, do better. No, no, no. I am a child of God by grace through faith. So I'm now going to walk through this life by grace through faith. Because if it's, if it's merited favor, if I'm now focused more on my performance, my works, than I am the work of Christ, what happens is this, is we quit focusing on our faith and we start focusing on our performance. And so here's the question for us. Can we simply believe what God said and put our faith in what he said? So that means I'm going to live a according to what he said and not according to what the world says, not according to what grandma says, not according to what feels right. I'm going to put my faith in what God said. And then the result of faith in God's word is grace. Grace comes through faith. So let's see what we got up here. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. We saw that. Colossians 2, 6 through 8. As ye have therefore received Christ, Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. 
rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy. Anyone know anyone who's been spoiled through philosophy? Like they got saved, but instead of abiding, just I'm going to just put my faith in what God said. That's all I got, you guys. I, As I went through discipleship, I learned what he said. And every step, I'm just like, okay, I don't understand it all. I don't have all the data, but I see what he says. Yes, Lord, I'll put my faith, and I just received grace. Okay, and then here comes the philosopher. Spoils people. Watch out for YouTube. Vain deceit. There's a lot of delusional thinking out there. Okay, and we have to be careful for our passionate preferences. Okay, we've got some child education materials that we use. Um, no greater joy. But they're kind of passionate about you have to live out in the woods and have a giant beard and chop wood. And like, like their passionate preferences come through. Now, that's not evil, but it is distracting. Sometimes we do let our personal preferences turn into things. I, I don't know. We just need to be careful with that. But, but certainly don't get carried away with delusional things. The traditions of men will spoil people. I'm saved by grace through faith. But now I got to go to church on Saturday to be right with God. Okay. You just, you just fell from grace. Now you're going to earn God's favor by becoming a whatever and, and following after the traditions of man. You are not abiding in Christ for your righteousness. You're not just walking by faith in what God said. You let some human being come in and overlay with their philosophies and their rules. Make sense? Don't let anybody spoil us. We have to abide in Christ. The rudiments of this world, all these things work to pluck us from the vine of simply living by grace through faith. Sam was preaching and he said, you know, Jesus, he said, remember me. You guys, this is an application for that. When someone comes and tries to spoil you through philosophy or vain deceit, through delusional thinking, through the rudiments of this world, through the traditions of man, if you fall for that, then you forgot Christ. You forgot how you were saved. You forgot what he did. And now you're going to start walking according to this other stuff. You're not abiding in Christ if, if you let that happen. Here's the message for us as a class. Abide in him. Continue in him. Continue to live by grace through faith. And so here's our application. We need to live like you are saved. How are you saved? By grace through faith. How should you live? By grace through faith. If I have book, chapter, verse that speaks to my situation. Oh, that's so precious to me. Oh, I know what God said about relationships. I know what God said about communication. I know what God said about my work. I know what God said about my family. I know what God said about finances. I know what God said about my job and my employer. I know what God said about other Christians. I know what God said about these areas. And now that I know what he says, I can put my faith in that. 
And I can't wait to see how God's grace is poured out. Do I know what it's going to look like? No. But I know whom I have believed in, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ and his words which make me clean will effectually work in me as I move forward in my faith. You guys, and here's part of the vision for this class. As we just put away all that other stuff, it's my pastoral word right there, put away all that other nonsense. Let's just live like we're like we were saved by grace through faith. And I can't wait to see what God does as we abide in Christ. And what's going to happen is we're going to figure out what to do with all the fruit that comes. The life, the joy. I can't wait to see the grace that comes through our faith, you guys. Here's our small group discussions. Hmm. Where is it? Yeah, I got carried away there. So abiding is to live like we're saved. Okay, yeah. So all start by grace through faith, but many depart from grace through faith. Romans chapter five, verses one and two talks about we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Okay, and it talks about we stand in grace through faith. The way we were saved, that's our stance. And we, and, and we shouldn't, you know, diverge from that. So small group discussions, do you remember being saved by grace through faith? Do you remember being made clean through the word of Christ? If so, are we staying in that place? And, that, and listen, we all... Uh, none of us abide like he brings us back and he whispers to us like hey Dave how's that working out for you bro he's like I don't know I'm like you know and then he's like Dom drink of the waters I'm afraid has to be grace. It can't be your works, right? And he draws us back and God's so good. Ooh, and then it's like the joy. And then, and then next thing you know, God's using you to speak truth in the lives of somebody. You guys know what I'm talking about, anybody? Okay. What hinders our abiding? That might be a good discussion for a small group. So right now, let's break up into our small groups. You're already there. I'm, I'm the one who's not. But we'll have our small group time and then all. We've got about 20 minutes now in our small group, and then I'll, I'll kind of call us back together shortly after noon. And then if there's something that everybody needs to hear that came out of your small group, we'll have a, a short time to, to be able to report those things.